Hear that? It's the sound of someone whacking the ground with a rake. Specifically, they're beating around the bush, which we've done enough of in this ad too, so let's get right to it. The new moneymaker scratch-off from the Ohio Lottery doesn't beat around the bush. Money maker. Play the game and you could win money, up to $2 million. With more than $88 million in prizes, ranging from $50 to $500, Moneymaker cuts right to the cash. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Play responsibly. It feels like we're all being told to go on this diet, take that supplement. Ozempic will give you depression, but you know what'll cure that? Weed. Or you could try to balance your hormones. At Science Versus, we're like... What the f*** is going on? Forget the crap online and listen to Science Versus. Just the facts. Oh, and a bunch of stupid jokes. What is a ghost's favorite fruit? Booberries. That's Science VS. New season out on Spotify soon. Today is Thursday, February 13th, 2020. On this day in 1542, Catherine Howard, the Queen of England and wife of King Henry VIII, was executed for adultery. According to her husband, she'd broken the vows of their marriage long before she ever met him. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a ParCast original. Due to the graphic nature of today's crimes, listener discretion is advised. Extreme caution is advised for listeners under 13. Today we're covering the execution of Catherine Howard, Queen of England. Let's go back to London on the morning of February 13, 1542, the day before Valentine's Day. Catherine Howard's alabaster skin was even paler than usual as she was led from inside the Tower of London to Tower Green, a small, secluded patch of grass used for the execution of nobles away from the prying eyes of commoners and spectators. She was terrified and weak. It took two guards to lead her up a small scaffold onto the platform where the executioner awaited. As the charges against her were read aloud, the guards held Catherine up by her elbows. But then Catherine collected herself. Instead of pleading or crying, she stated that she desired all Christian people to take regard unto her worthy and just punishment. She stepped away from the guard's supporting hands. Then she knelt, calmly, almost elegantly, and placed her neck on the chopping block. She was poised and dignified. In fact, she'd practiced for this moment. The night before, while locked in the Tower of London, she had requested a model of the chopping block that would be used. She wanted to learn how best to place herself upon it. But no amount of poise could stop the inevitable. With one fell swoop, the executioner brought down his axe. Catherine Howard, the former Queen of England and wife of Henry VIII, was dead. It was an untimely passing. 
Catherine's exact age has never been confirmed, but by most accounts, she was still a teenager in 1542. Charming, beautiful, and full of life. Unfortunately, when it came to matters of infidelity, no amount of charm or beauty could save a woman from the capricious, vengeful wrath of Henry VIII. In fact, one of Henry's previous wives, the infamous Anne Boleyn, had been beheaded after facing similar accusations. King Henry VIII was not one to take sexual dalliances lightly. In other people, anyway even dalliances that took place before he was in the picture. Henry VIII was an insecure egomaniac, almost 30 years older than Catherine. And despite his numerous wives, mistresses, and extramarital affairs, the fact that his new wife had engaged in relationships with other men before her marriage to Henry triggered the king's deadly, vindictive temper. He banished Catherine to a monastery and immediately set about convincing Parliament to retroactively pass a law convicting her of adultery and treason. As soon as the legislation was passed, he rounded up the men Catherine had allegedly slept with and forced them to admit their deeds. Next, he had one of the men decapitated. The other wasn't so lucky. Before a jeering crowd, he was hanged, castrated, disemboweled, beheaded, and quartered. Then the heads of both Catherine's former lovers were placed on spikes and displayed prominently on London Bridge. On February 10, 1542, officials arrived at the monastery where Catherine was cloistered. They collected the young queen placed her on a barge and sailed down the Thames toward the Tower of London. As they floated past London Bridge, Catherine looked up to see the rotting heads of her former lovers. Three days later, Catherine was dead. Coming up, the misfortune and jealousy that led to the death of a queen. Now back to the story. On February 13, 1542, Catherine Howard, the Queen of England and wife of King Henry VIII, was executed for adultery. Catherine was Henry VIII's fifth wife. At the time they married, she may have been as young as 16 and was most certainly a lively, pretty, well-liked courtier. He was in his 50s obese, sickly, and covered in pus-filled boils. Plus, he'd had two of his previous wives killed. It wasn't an ideal match, but who, after all, could refuse the king? He wanted Catherine, at least until he found out about the freedom of her early years. Though Catherine was of noble birth, she was brought up in rather peculiar circumstances. She lived away from her mother and father at Chesworth House, a large estate that functioned more like a boarding house for noble children, a place for their parents to send them until they became adults or got married. In a sense, it was a lot like summer camp. There was little to no discipline, 
and the boys and girls were known to spend time in each other's quarters, doing what teenagers do. Catherine received little in the way of education at Chesworth, but her beauty, energy, and spirit made people take notice, especially men. Unfortunately, Catherine's first sexual experience was not consensual. Around age 12 or 13, she was molested by her music teacher. Two years later, she allegedly began a consensual sexual relationship with Francis Derham, a young man who also lived at Chesworth House. Their relationship continued until Catherine's former music teacher sent the teenager's caretaker an anonymous letter informing her of the affair. Catherine's behavior wasn't particularly scandalous or uncommon, especially among nobles. It's almost certain that her former teacher was simply jealous, petty, and vindictive. But there were consequences. A short time later, Catherine moved to a different house, where, the story goes, she began a sexual relationship with Thomas Culpepper. Though it was brief, they proclaimed their love for one another and parted on good terms when Catherine was called to court. Anne of Cleves, the fourth wife of King Henry VIII, wanted the pretty girl to join her retinue. But quickly, King Henry VIII also took notice of Catherine Howard. He began showering her with extravagant clothes and jewelry, and despite his rapidly deteriorating health and their significant age gap, he began to court her. Though he was still married to Anne of Cleves, Henry VIII wasn't one to let a marriage stand in his way. He had his current union annulled, gave Anne a big estate and a respectable allowance, and then took Catherine as his new wife. Still, despite an inauspicious beginning, for a short time their marriage was a happy one. Catherine proved a capable, popular queen, and her youth and vigor boosted the king's spirits and health. But then her luck ran out. After learning of her previous relationships, King Henry forced Parliament to pass a law stating that an unchaste woman marrying the king should be guilty of high treason. The proposed law also stated that any woman who presumed to marry the king without admitting she had been unchaste would be put to death. The act was passed on January 16, 1542. Catherine Howard was convicted retroactively. When offered the chance, she didn't even bother to defend herself before Parliament. She knew she'd never convince the king's men to turn against their master. She did, however, make one effort to save herself. When Catherine was arrested at Hampton Court Palace, before she was exiled to the monastery, she broke free of the king's guards and ran down the hall toward the doors of the chapel, where she believed Henry was praying. There, she screamed in vain at the top of her lungs until she was seized once more by the guards. Today, Legend has it that her ghost can still be seen running and screaming down that very same hallway.
If you enjoyed this episode, check out our episode of Haunted Places on the Tower of London. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Today in True Crime is a ParCast original. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite ParCast originals, like Today in True Crime, for free from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Today in True Crime on Spotify, just open the app and type Today in True Crime in the search bar. At ParCast, we're grateful for you, our listeners. You allow us to do what we love. Let us know how we're doing. Reach out on Facebook and Instagram at ParCast and Twitter at ParCast Network. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime was created by Max Cutler and is a ParCast Studios original. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound design by Carrie Murphy, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Freddie Beckley. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Tony Goodman, with writing assistance by Abigail Cannon. I'm Vanessa Richardson. 